0: Kroger Tender Ray Beef, no other beef so fresh can be so tender, presents Hearts in Harmony, transcribed. The day after tomorrow is Thanksgiving Day. Now, if you're not ready for your holiday feast, then don't waste a minute in visiting your Kroger store. There you'll find a grand selection of fine poultry. They're the best birds in town. Big, plump, tender, juicy birds with real fresh-from-the-country flavor. Chickens and ducks and turkeys and geese. Beautiful birds, specially chosen by Kroger meat experts for all the good things you want in poultry. Take, for instance, the extra special double-good four-point blue-ribbon turkeys. Now, these famous turkeys are just bursting with plump, tender, juicy, delicious meat. Now, these are what we call double-good birds because, first, they're raised in the best turkey-growing areas by experienced turkey farmers. Next, they're scientifically fed to make them plump and tender. Then they're expertly dressed, every last little pin feather deftly removed. And finally, the ones that reach your Kroger store are specially selected for particular Kroger customers like you. Isn't that reason enough why you should get your four-point blue-ribbon turkey today? And remember, your Kroger store is the only place in town that has them. And now, Hearts in Harmony. Suzanne Gibbs meant what she said when she threatened to do something desperate. She's disappeared, leaving her baby daughter Valerie in the hands of the Gibbs. And the Gibbs household is in an uproar trying to find Suzanne. It's evening of the fourth day since Suzanne's disappearance. And in the Gibbs home, Professor
2: Rogers says... I've had reports from all my police friends all over the country, Miss Gibbs. And they haven't seen a sign of Suzanne.
1: Oh, well, isn't it too early to be sure of those reports, Professor Rogers?
2: No, not in a case like this. You see, the alarm went out only a few hours after her disappearance. And two or three hours after that, all transportation terminals in this area were being watched.
1: Then she didn't go far, did she?
2: No, it's fairly certain now that she went directly to New York and has been there ever since. Mm -hmm. You see, the next day, she was being watched for everywhere, and she never turned up.
1: Then I guess we can concentrate on New York. Uh,
2: That'll take a lot of concentration, Miss Gibbs. Suzanne picked a perfect hiding place, especially if she has a friend or two there to help her hide.
1: Well, she probably has. As a matter of fact, when she first came over from France with Pat after the war, she said she had friends in the city, but she'd never say who they were.
2: Oh. Well, that's unfortunate. If she'd mentioned the name of just one of her friends in New York, we might have a clue to her whereabouts.
1: Professor Rogers, you don't think she purposely didn't mention her name, do you?
2: Oh, I'd hate to think she planned this from the very beginning. No, she's a strange girl, but not that strange, I hope
1: I don't know. I don't think any of us ever really understood her.
2: No, I don't think we did. Certainly there was no visible reason for her running away like this. But reason or not, she has run away, and the job now is to find her. And what a job? A long, tedious, perhaps impossible job, Miss Gibbs. A woman can hide rather successfully, you know. All she has to do is... Change your name, dye your hair, wear it a different way, use a different makeup.
1: Oh, you know a lot about women, don't you?
2: Only fugitive women, Miss Gibbs. Oh? As I said once before, I've had little contact with just ordinary women leading ordinary lives.
1: And which do you prefer, the ordinary woman or the fugitive woman?
2: That is an unfair question. You know what the answer will be. Mm
1: -hmm. The fugitives, of course.
2: The fugitives, definitely not. I... Much prefer the kind I'm talking to now.
1: Or the kind you talked to the other evening.
2: Who did I talk to the other evening?
1: Oh, Professor Rogers, don't you pretend that you've forgotten.
2: Oh, you mean Madeline Dodge.
1: Oh, I mean Madeline Dodge.
2: She's a rather odd person, isn't she?
1: Meaning interesting?
2: Well, if you're interested in money... And beauty... Oh, I'll admit she's very beautiful, strikingly so. And
1: I know what you're going to say next. Do you? Sure. She's beautiful, but she's not your type. How did you know? (laughs) Because that's what you tell Miss Dodge. If she asked you what you thought of me. Oh. Sure, you men are all alike.
2: Well, I've never made much effort to be different.
1: Oh, you're different enough, Professor. With the exception of the things that are peculiar to everything male. And all males hate to commit themselves in regard to women. Oh, is that right? Mm -hmm. After all, you're a student of humanity. Or at least you used to be, you ought to know.
2: Well, I... I suppose that is true. Mm -hmm. But expressing an opinion in regard to a woman has always seemed to me to be the same thing as signing your name to a contract. (laughs) You're suddenly obligated to something.
1: Good heavens, you'll never marry, will you?
2: Well, I, I... I guess you think I'm a fairly hopeless case, don't you?
1: Why do you say that?
2: Oh, it's fairly evident to me that all I am to you is a schoolteacher who's out of place when he isn't in school.
1: Well, you know that's not so.
2: Well, maybe it is so, Miss Gibbs.
1: Is that what you want me to think of you?
2: It never occurs to me that you think of me at all.
1: Except when I need help.
2: No. I don't imagine you think of me... Even then. But
1: every time I need help, don't I call on you?
2: No, you call on a person. In a certain position and with certain contacts, Miss Gibbs. Not on a man named Stuart Rogers. An individual.
1: Oh, that's a terrible thing to say. You're very much of an individual to me.
2: Uh Ah, No, I'm... I'm an instrument, that's all. And uh, please don't misunderstand. I don't
1: misunderstand at all. It's quite plain to me that you underestimate yourself.
2: No, not at all. I know myself fairly well. Too well, in fact. You see... Well, I've never meant anything to anybody. And it's my own fault. I I don't know how to treat a close friend. I'm... I'm afraid of someone who gets too near to me. I, I run.
1: That's a warning, isn't it? For me not to get too close to you.
2: No. No, it's an explanation of why I... Well, why... Why
1: you don't like me very much?
2: Why, I don't seem to like you very much.
1: Was that a confession?
2: I think it was. Look, Miss Gibbs, let's let's get back to Suzanne and what to do about her. I, I didn't mean to get into all this.
1: <laughs> all right. I'm afraid I tricked you into it. Okay, we'll get back to Suzanne. Well, it's almost definite that she's in New York... So, what's the first thing we have to do
3: to find it? Oh, Freddie, why bother to wind that clock? It hasn't
4: run for years. I'll tell you why, Madeline. Because I can't stand a clock that ain't running. That's why. Eh, guess that's got it. Hey,
3: it works, huh? Isn't that marvelous? Now I know what time it is. What's wrong with that? Who cares what time it is? I do things when I want to do them, no matter what time it is.
4: Yeah, I guess you'll do with that.
3: Oh, well, let's go into the sunroom where I won't hear that stupid clock ticking all the time.
4: Oh, why do we have to leave? I'll stop it if it'll make you happy. All I gotta do is grab a hold of this uh, the, uh pendulum, ain't it? Yeah, like this. There you are. Stop.
3: Well, that's much better. Now look, Freddie. Just because you're living here, you won't try to change my way of life, will you? No, I won't. Now that I'm living in this
4: joint of yours, it's my way of life that's going to change.
3: Oh, no, Freddie! No, I don't want you to change one
4: bit. And uh, Look, tell me something, will you, Madeline? Sure. Just why did you ask me to come up here and live with you and your family?
3: Oh, for a lot of reasons, I guess. You didn't like living at the Gibbs house, did you?
4: Like it? joint was driving me nuts.
3: Well, that's one reason, then. I knew you weren't happy down there.
4: Mm-hmm. That's one reason. Uh-huh. Well, what's the other?
3: Well... Well, this house is so big, it's a shame to let so much space go to waste.
4: Oh, so I'm, uh, just here to take up the space then, huh? Oh,
3: no. No, I'd rather have a space than just anyone. Most people bore me, Freddie, but you don't. That's why I asked you to come
4: live here. To keep you from getting bored, huh?
3: Well, in a way, yes. Yeah. But the most important reason is because I rather like you. But that goes without saying, doesn't it?
4: Mm, yeah, sure. But not without explaining. Oh.
3: Freddie. Things like friendship don't need an
4: explanation. They do when a high-class dame like you goes for a low-rate jerk like me. Now, don't call yourself such silly names, Freddie. I'm just calling myself what I am. You let me decide what you are.
3: You ready for dinner? Yeah, any time at all. Hey, where's your old man and old lady? Oh, Mother and Dad went to a dinner at the Forbes. And you ain't going? I should say not. The Forbes bore me. Yeah,
4: like those Atkinsons we bumped into the other day, huh?
3: The Forbes, the Atkinsons, the Smithfields, the Bromleys, they
4: all bore me. Seems that, uh, just about everybody leaves you cold, huh?
3: <laughs> well, except you, Freddie. I think you're cute.
4: Hey, now, look, let's not get back to that stuff again.
3: All right, but you are, and I like you.
4: Oh, that reminds me.
3: Huh? Did you see your uncle today? You mean the prof? Yeah, Professor Rogers.
4: No, I didn't, but I guess I'll see him tonight. See, I gotta go over to Gibbsy's house and get some things that I left there. He'll probably be around.
3: Oh, he spends a lot of time with Miss Gibbs?
4: Yeah, I guess they got a case on. It's serious. With the prof, Maybe. But that gives Dame. she never took a guy serious in her life, except maybe that guy Johnny Keith. <laughs> and she can't have him either, because he's married. Must be rather
3: annoying to be in love with someone you can't have. Is, um, is your uncle married?
4: The prof married?
3: Yeah. <laughs> Heck no. What dame would
4: have that stiff jerk, huh?
3: Oh, I don't think he's so bad, Freddie. In fact, I think he's rather nice. He just needs a little thawing out. Mm-hmm. Maybe so. If you see him this evening, why don't you invite him up here for dinner sometime?
4: What for? Throwing out? <laughs> no, darling, just for dinner. Oh. Hey, look, who wants that guy around?
3: If you don't invite him, I will.
4: Oh, well then you you're serious about wanting him over here.
3: Of course. But don't bother to ask him yourself, Freddie. I'll do it. Uh uh-uh, uh uh uh.
4: Don't you do it. If he's gotta be asked, I'll ask him myself. He won't get asked so pretty that way. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll ask him all right. Fact is, I think I'll ask him tonight when I get down to Gibbsy. Hi, Gibbsy. Can I come in a minute? Why, yes, Freddie, of course. Thanks a lot. I'll just stay for
1: a few minutes. I left a couple things in my room. Yes, I know. I thought you'd come back for them pretty soon. Well,
2: hello, Freddie. I hear you're living in rather luxurious surroundings all of a sudden.
1: Yeah,
4: that's right. I am, Prof. Great place too. Uh-huh. Say, look, uh, Madeline wants you to come up for dinner on Thursday night.
2: Oh, she does, does she?
4: Yes, yeah, she does. But you don't want
1: to come, do you?
2: No, Freddie. You tell her thanks just the same. But I'll be rather busy until we find Suzanne Gibbs.
1: No, Professor, don't refuse on that account. There really is nothing more you can do.
2: Oh, but there might. be, If we, and we I'm...
1: need you, we'll know where to find you. Freddie, you tell Miss Dodge that Professor Rogers accepts your invitation.
4: Gibbsy, why don't you let him accept himself? huh?
1: Well, I think he will. Go ahead, Professor.
2: It can't do you any harm. No, I... don't suppose it can. All right, Freddie. you can tell Miss Dodge I'll be there. Uh, Thursday night. Oh, uh, you'll be there on Thursday night, will you? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's
4: great. That's just fine. Hey, Gibbsy, you know, one of these days I'm gonna stop even speaking with you.
0: So the professor is going to have dinner at Madeline Dodge's. Why did Penny insist that he accept the invitation? And will Madeline's interest in the professor have an effect on Penny? Be sure to listen to the next dramatic episode of Hearts in Harmony. Friends, with Thanksgiving Day just around the corner, it's high time you made your choice from the grand selection of Kroger's poultry. Remember, Kroger offers you the best birds in town. They're naturally better. Plumper, more tender, juicier, and full of that real country-fresh flavor. For instance, those four-point blue ribbon turkeys, the real aristocrats of the poultry kingdom. Now, these great turkeys are better for four reasons. First, they're raised in the best turkey-raising areas by master turkey growers. Next, they're scientifically fed to make them plump and tender. And then they're expertly dressed, the way you yourself would dress a prized bird. And finally, the ones that are chosen for your Kroger store are specially selected to please you. Yes, you'll say you've never cooked a bird as good as a four-point blue-ribbon turkey. Get one at your Kroger store now. Now your local announcer.